Welcome to Frickety Frack, We Do Talk Back. Thank you for joining me in this episode. My name is Patrick, and I'm Frack. Frickety Frack, We Do Talk Back is a show where we will discuss different aspects of fandom and how they relate to the gospel. And so in this episode, I'm going to be going through an episode of Bleach, Thousand Year Blood War, and connected to teachings from the Bible. Uh, and so I'll continue to study Thousand Year Blood War until the conclusion of the series slash season. Now, I'll go in a different direction if the uh, season uh, goes on a hiatus or a season break, and it could be anything ranging from another anime, uh, comic books, or movies, Star Wars, anything like that. And the name of the show comes from my dad, who dubbed my brother and me Frick and Frack since we were kids. So this episode is uh, entitled The Fire. Now, I want to put this out there before I get even further along uh, into this, that I'm going to spoil the mess out of it. So I want you, if you have not watched this episode yet, pause. All right, here we go. Now let's get into the spoilers. Uh, So in this episode of The Fire, one of the first things that I want to talk about is that we get to see Yamamoto's power fully uh, shown and explored. Uh, One of the things that they even say is that uh, his power, if used too long, could in fact destroy the Soul Society. Now his Bankai uh, has four powers slash four uses, uh, the first is kind of his sword is sealed with hellfire and whenever he swings it, it leads to destroying anything that was in his path. That it's just completely, uh, disintegrated because it's so hot. The second form is that he has this kind of hellfire armor that, uh, as quoted in the, the episode is 15 million degrees Celsius. Uh, and so, Uh, nothing's going to be able to touch him. Nothing's going to be able to hurt him. uh, And in fact, just even being near him is going to uh, kill him. Uh, One of the things that Yawaba even says that uh, if it wasn't for the blute in his uh, going through his veins, he would have been killed instantaneously. Then the third use is that anyone that he has turned to ash with his uh, sword he can bring those ashes back to life and use them as his own personal army. And then his fourth uh, is this is an extremely powerful flame attack. And so in this fight, uh, we see Yamamoto going up against Yawaba. And, uh, and the first part of the fight, I mean, this the, the fight scenes, the choreography is just it's just top notch. It's great. It's fantastic. Uh, there's nothing to complain about uh, with this this fight, other than I could take six, seven, eight episodes of this kind of fight. It's just the action sequences and the animation, everything's just that great. Uh, during the whole fight, Yamamoto has Yawaba with, uh, on the ropes. Uh, Yawaba is able to keep up, but you know it's very much like uh, a boxing match or an MMA fight where the one person is clearly a better fighter, more powerful, stronger, things like that, and getting them they're backed in the corner. Yawaba, can, the only thing he can do is basically dip, dodge, dive, uh, you know, and very much on a defensive fight. And so when he finally uses his fourth um, power of his Bankai and kills him, 
that's when the person says, I'm sorry, I failed you. I couldn't bring your plans to fruition. And, uh, you know, makes Yamamoto curious. And once again, I'll do another spoiler warning. Big spoiler warning. The person that Yamamoto had been fighting this entire time was, in fact, another member of the Stern Ritter, uh, Royd Lloyd. I didn't come up with these names. Uh, and his power was yourself. So I don't know if um, uh, if Royd was as powerful as Yawaba and if Yamamoto could have actually beaten Yawaba, uh, but we won't know because when Yamamoto, when Yawaba revealed himself, uh, he stole Yamamoto's Bankai. And Yamamoto thought it was because uh, no one fully understood his Bankai because he had never used all four of its powers in front of anyone else before. But what it comes to find out is that uh, Yawaba had said that only he could have taken uh, Yamamoto's Bankai and used it. No one else would have been able to been capable of using it. So my understanding is that uh, Yawaba probably is more powerful than Yamamoto and Yamamoto is just beneath it, beneath him. So the other cool thing that happens in this episode is that when Yawaba reveals himself, the true Yawaba, uh, that he had in fact been letting Roy Lloyd fight so that he could go and talk to Aizen. That was his whole strategy. Because we come to find out that Aizen is considered another special war power. And so that's one of those things where we get this uh, interesting you know, conversation because Yawabo's like, hey, if you come serve me, I'll let you out. Aizen's like, I'm not going to serve anyone. And so even though they wanted similar things, they're like, no one's gonna, neither one of them is going to serve the other. So I would just... so. The conversation is fascinating. So even though the big thing for this fight is Yamamoto versus Yawaba, or at least with uh, now that we know with the spoiler, uh, Yamamoto going full-fledged against someone else. But the, the conversation between Yawaba and Aizen is fascinating and bringing Aizen back and where he's being uh, kept is just really interesting. And I can't wait to see more of that and uh, going forward. Uh, and so then uh, the last thing that I kind of want to point out in this episode is that we get uh, another uh, glimpse into Uryu's uh, studying of Quincy history uh, and how Quincy's and Soul Reapers have always been at odds. And we, we get a big spoiler uh, learning that uh, Yamamoto uh, wiped out the Quincy's a thousand years ago instead of 200 years ago that we've been told this entire time. So there was an event that happened a thousand years ago that Yamamoto was at the center of, uh, because when he, you know, he opens up that page, you clearly see an at prime Yamamoto burning away at Quincy's. Uh, and so Uryu's clearly at this point, recognizing that Quincy's and Soul Reapers cannot, uh, be together and they can they'll always be forever at odds so that's the stuff that interested me in this episode uh the biblical theme that uh came to mind uh, when i was reading it is uh proverbs 24 verse 17 which says do not rejoice when your enemy falls and let not your heart be glad when he stumbles uh 
in this episode, as I was talking about the fight, and I'm never going to be able to do the fight justice. I'm going to be posting pictures uh, here in the video, but I'll also be posting on our Instagram if you're a podcast listener. Some of the images, but seriously, go watch this uh, episode for this fight. It is phenomenal. And so, uh, but in, in this time, during the fight, you, you can tell that Yamamoto's not taking joy out of the fight. And um, because there's other animes like Dragon Ball where Goku and Vegeta thrive in fighting. There's even other characters in this anime, Kenpachi Zaraki, who, who lives for fighting. He doesn't care about anything else. He just wants to fight. And so uh, Yamamoto is not this way. Now, during this fight, uh, you know, he's angry. He's extremely angry that all of his soul reapers that are underneath his command have been killed. His good friend, Sasakibe, has, uh, was killed in, com in this combat. And he is he's just not happy. Um, now, his only kind of little moment was when he uses his third ability to torture who he thinks is Yawaba uh, with his the ashes of his former Sternritters. Uh, uh, you know, kind of pokes the bear a little bit. But other than that, he's he's not taking joy in this and 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 in this fight. Uh, but uh, we're also in full swing of sports uh, right now with. Um, the NFL, college football, basketball, the NHL, they're all going. And baseball is, is winding down at the time of this recording with the World Series. Uh, and I think of sports rivalries, uh, Yankees-Red Sox, Cubs-Cardinals, Ohio State-Michigan, uh, and, and any others. You know, in the comments, tell me who your favorite, what your favorite rivalry, rivalry is to watch. Uh, and, you know, I, and I did sports myself. I was a swimmer and I played Water polo, I played basketball, uh, wasn't really any good at any of it. I, I was okay. Uh, but, we, you know, we won. We had our victories. And uh, like this Bible verse is saying, do not rejoice when your enemy falls, and let not your heart be glad when he stumbles. Uh, I've never been a fan of gloating over victory. And also, also um, not being um, poor sports when you lose. Um, there, unfortunately, there have been a couple moments in my own sport career that I can think of where I was a poor sport. I was a sore loser, uh, but also w was a um, ungrateful winner, uh, rubbing in the face of my the people that I beat in whatever sport I was playing. Um, and and I, I've never been a fan of that. And so I, I think of this, and I think of Yamamoto's action that you know, like I said, he's not perfect. He you know he pokes the bear a little bit, like I said, with his third use of his. Uh, the third ability of his Bankai. Uh, but I, I think one of the things for us that is important for us to know and to learn uh, from is that, you know, we can rejoice in victory, but we should never rub it in the face of the people that we, we bested in, in competition, uh, or if we got a job promotion and someone else didn't that we were um, rivals for or anything like that. We, we shouldn't rub it in uh, other people's faces because that's just not a Christ-like Christ attitude. Um, I think of Jesus, who is the Son of God, washing the feet of his disciples. It's like They called him Lord. They called him Rabbi. Yet he washed their feet. 
Uh, and so in this, I, I think I take Proverbs twenty four seventeen to heart. To heart, and I, I want to encourage each of you to do it as well. Do not rejoice when your enemy falls. Let not your heart be glad when he stumbles. Even if someone that you disagree with, you you don't like, or you, not if you don't like, work on that part. Um, uh, but it, if they're your competition, or if they're your rival, in, in some form or fashion, you know, don't don't rejoice when they they stumble. And instead. Remember that that person is a child of God, and they should be treated as such. Uh, and so, so that's what I really want to encourage you this week. Uh, when you listen to this episode or watch it on YouTube, remember that uh, do not rejoice when your enemy falls, and let not your heart be glad when he stumbles. All right, so we're going to wrap this up, and so I'm going to rate this episode. And so what do you guys think? you think it's a 2.5, a 3? Nah, this episode's a perfect five. Five. Full on five. Um, there is nothing wrong with this episode. There's nothing that I can complain about, except for I wish there was just more of it. There's, you know, 500 episodes of, of this kind of action and stuff. But anyway, I'm, you know, like I said, nothing to complain about this episode. Great action. The animation is top notch. Music, top notch. Uh, choreography, top notch. Voice acting, Top notch. Nothing to complain about. And the best part is that the story moves forward too. It wasn't just, you know, obviously the big draw for this fight was Yamamoto going full power on uh, uh, Yawaba, even though we, you know, as as I said, we come to find out it's Roid Lloyd. It's just darn right perfect. Uh, so watch this episode. It's a great episode for any anime fan, action fan. Um, if you're a Bleach fan, this is a must-watch episode. Do not skip this episode. Uh, it's just too perfect to not watch. Um, so, uh, anyone, if you disagree with me, or you think there might have been something that could have been done better, or you want to talk about the biblical lesson that I talked about with Proverbs 24-17, uh, leave a comment below, or reach out to me on email at uh, uh, talkback at gmail.com. Or reach out to me on Twitter at FricketyF or at FricketyFrack on Instagram and Facebook. Remember that I love you. Most importantly, that God loves you. And go release your fun kite.